0: Did you notice that I've got a different pulpit up here today? I've been involved in the building of four pulpits at Orchardville Church since I've been here. This is one of them. I didn't do too much to it, I was the gopher mainly because of my inability to measure precisely. Mark Shell and me built this. Whenever we were out in the woodshed, which is where he got most of his sermons from, was whenever he was doing everyday tasks. That combined with his reading and studying, but through everyday tasks is where he got most of his sermons. But we were getting ready to build this, and he had a little drawing of it. And he had just built some bookshelves and things had a lot of scrap laying around and I asked him if he wanted me to go pick him up some plywood or some boards some finish boards he said no I just think I'm just going to use whatever we got here and so there was a lot of little pieces like this one here this one and all these there was just a lot of little scraps there and He said, you know, he said, I think that's what really God really enjoys doing is using what's available. And these pieces made themselves available to us. They're just laying there. And so we just started measuring and seeing which ones would work and this and that. And they didn't necessarily fit the original plan that he had made. But he said, I'm just gonna make it work. And he said, I think it'll all work out okay. And so uh, we just kept on going and this is what it was. And then we used this pulpit at at Fairfield, I think, and then at Centralia, maybe a little bit too, um, from time to time. And so, uh, you know, God can use what's available. When we make ourselves available, to him, and ready and willing, he can do something really great, really beautiful with it. Anyway, I thought you should know about this pulpit. I may use it from time to time, mainly because it's got this breakaway drink holder. Check that out. If you would, let's turn to Genesis 25, and we'll go verse 19 through 34. It's quite a bit of reading, but you just got to follow along. I'm the one that's got to read. So Genesis 25, verse 19 through 34. I would make mention that two weeks ago, whenever I preached about Moses, and I had Rick and I think Jackson King ended up helping me prop my arms up Rick told me the day afterwards, he said, Jackson told me that whenever he stuck his hand in your armpit, he said it was all wet. (laughs) What did you stick your hand in my armpit for, dude? Rick said, I saw him go like that. (laughs) Don't ever do that again. Genesis 25, verse 19 through 34. Let's pray. Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for this day, and I thank you for um, this congregation that is assembled together today to give glory to you. Lord, I pray that every word out of my mouth would glorify you and would be uplifting to this body of believers. Lord, I pray for your Holy Spirit to take over and to move me out of the way, in Jesus' name, amen. It says, this is the genealogy of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah as wife. This here is Isaac and Rebekah. The daughter of Bethuel and the Syrian of Paden Aram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren and the Lord granted his plea and Rebekah, his wife, conceived but the children struggled together within her and she said, If all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. Back then they didn't have sonograms and stuff so she may not have known that she had twins. And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over. So they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. Okay, so whenever I read, I can't help myself. Most of you know that I'm very odd. Very odd and peculiar. And I got to be honest with you, whenever... And I've read this story time and time again. We've, we went, did this lesson in Royal Rangers many a times. Um, it came out red and hairy, like a hairy garment. That's so weird. And can you imagine, like, Rebecca's friends? Like, I cannot wait to see them babies. And they get over there, and they're like, oh, Rebecca... That Jacob is just a doll. And then she brings out Esau, and they're like, huh? He's, he's so hairy and red. Okay, so now you are in the mind of Georgie, okay? You know how I think. Now, keep in mind, and I said this Wednesday night, in every passage of Scripture in the Bible, that there could be endless ways that you can teach a message, okay? So this is just one of them. So if you're a Bible scholar out there and you're sitting back and you're saying, you're already saying, that ain't what that means. That ain't what that means. Just hold on and don't get your panties in a bundle, okay? Just bear with me. This is just one way. Yeah, that would have been so weird. So the boys grew, I'm in verse 27, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was a mild man, dwelling in tents, or stayed in the house most of the time. Uh, and Isaac loved, Isaac, or Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his gain. But Rebekah loved Jacob. I would have probably been a Jacob. I know how to hunt, I know all about it, this and that, but I'd rather cook. I I mean, I could survive if I had to, but I'd rather cook. Verse 29, now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary." Therefore, his name was called Edom. Edom actually means red. I thought it was kind of like eat him up. But I wonder if they, I guess they, I don't know if they call him red because he ate the red stew or if he, you know, that awkward thing, he could call him red because he was red whenever he came out. I had a cousin that was real pink and they called him Pinky. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, look, I am about to die. So what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, swear to me as this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank and arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. That is some high-priced stew, wasn't it? Do you know what a birthright is or a blessing? Back then, it would have been referred to as you were the first in line. You were the firstborn, the one who was going to basically in, inherit it. That was some high-priced stew. And Esau was a poor negotiator, wasn't he? Dave Ramsey, he gave, gives some advice on negotiation. Okay? Not just guys, but girls. I'm going to give you some invaluable in- advice on negotiation right now. So if your neighbor asks you what you learned today, you can tell him, I learned how to negotiate. Okay, here is the advice. Don't talk. Don't talk so much. Dave Ramsey says usually during the negotiation, the person who talks first loses. So if you notice in here, Esau was the first one to speak and he wanted that stew. I often wonder if, because they were brothers You know, Esau did the hunting, Jacob did the cooking, and you know, Rebecca and Isaac's there. Isaac, all he's thinking about is all that meat, you know, (laughs) getting a deer or this or that. But I often wonder if Esau wouldn't have said anything if whenever the stew was done, if dinner would have just been served, and he wouldn't have sold his birthright or his blessing. You don't. we don't know. So it was, he was a very, very poor negotiator. Last time I sold, well, not the last time I sold a vehicle, because I just sold one to Josh. This would have been three vehicles ago that I had sold. Had it advertised, the guy came and looked at it, and we had already discussed a price over the phone, and I was trying my best to keep my mouth shut. But me, I couldn't. So he's walking around it. I'm trying to hold off. And it's kind of a standoff of silence. He must have saw the same video that I did. <laughs> See, it doesn't work if you both watch the same videos, okay? He must have, must have watched the same video that I did. And finally, I just go, well, if you, if you really want it, I, I guess I could take a little less. Well... I spoke the first. So anyway, I ended up selling it for probably $400 less than what I probably could have just because I opened my mouth. If you didn't learn anything else today, it's okay to be silent. Being silent doesn't mean that you're doing nothing. Sometimes you can do something even when you're silent. Esau was a poor negotiator as christians and and when he was he was he gave up his inheritance as christians when you give your life to jesus we become joint heirs with christ and so i don't know if you understand what joint heirs means but like my kids are all joint heirs of what i have so well, they're going to come into this vast amount of junk cars and, <laughs> but what I have, what they're, what my kids as brothers and sisters have, they are both equal as far as joint heirs. They are going to be share in that inheritance. We are joint heirs with Christ. Esau was one hungry dude. I mean, he came in from a hard day or week or two weeks of hunting, and he may have been starving. That's another element to this this story in history that we don't know, is he may have been starving. Now, I don't know about you, has anybody in here fasted more than three days before? Raise your hand. Has anybody ever fasted more than 10 days? Raise your hand. I fasted for I made it 12 days one time without eating. And I tell you what, I was watching all these food channels and I was watching like Bizarre Foods. If any of you guys watch that, where he eats all this kind of weird stuff, I was watching all these Pioneer sh- shows and you get to a point where man, a groundhog's looking really good. <laughs> like, man, how could I fillet that thing up and cook it? It's so good. <laughs> Looks so good. You get to a point to where you're so hungry that you're ready to do anything. You're ready to eat anything at whatever price. When you're that hungry, it doesn't matter if the steak dinner is $200. If you had $200 on you and that's all you had, you would throw it out. If you were that hungry and you had $200 on you, and the hot dog was $200, you would throw it out. You don't necessarily, when you're that hungry for something, you don't necessarily think clearly. And it's the same way with anything in life. When we are that starved for whatever it is in life, people go to extremes that they normally wouldn't do. What Esau had was he had this void in his stomach. From not eating, there was this empty void in his stomach. Whenever you, there is normally something supposed to be in there, and then there is not, it creates a void, which actually creates a vacuum. To put it into perspective, almost everybody has had blood work done where they draw blood out of your arm or wherever. I often wondered how those little vials filled up so quickly. So like the last time I had it done, they, filled, they took four vials of blood out of me. So they put the needle in, then they take the little vial and they stick it in and kind of click it, and pew. man, all of a sudden it just fills up with blood. And I didn't realize how that happened. but. Those little vials are actually have a negative pressure on them, which actually draws the blood out. It's a vacuum. Whatever that vacuum is exposed to, it will suck it right out. We have voids in our lives, there is emptiness in people from time to time, even my own self. Whenever you have a void in your life, whatever it might be, you will take on whatever is nearest to you. If you've got too much time on your hands and there's a void in your life there, you will gravitate to whatever is nearest to you. So if you're watching garbage on TV, your brain will absorb that if there is a void there, you need to replace that void with something or else it's going gonna, it's gonna to take on something. Lack of attention. If we don't get the attention that we need, we'll suck up attention from somewhere else, won't we? There's that, if there's that void in our life and it creates that vacuum... It will just absorb whatever is around us. Some high-priced stew. I wonder what is in stew today. This is what Esau traded his blessing and his birthright for. For him, it was actual food. Whenever Oh, in here, I have one of the things that I have in the ingredients here is rebellion. Am I willing to trade God's blessing for me to be rebellious just so I can have my way? I don't want to trade that. That's not a good deal, is it? That is too high-priced for me to have just a little bit of pleasure Too high-priced of a stew. I've got pride, sexual immorality, lustful thinking, substance or alcohol abuse, greed, jealousy, hatred. Man, that's some high-priced stew, isn't it? Are you willing to trade your birthright? Are you willing to trade your blessing that God has for you? And God has a blessing For each and every one of us, are you willing to trade that for that garbage? Because that's the lesson of Esau. Making rash decisions, I'm not willing to make that deal. I've made a lot of bad deals in my life, but this is one I'm not going to make. Esau had a void in his stomach that cost him dearly. It cost him everything. But a void can pose a real danger whenever it's there. But it, on the other side, it can create a real and fabulous opportunity. You know, it's like, you know, we say the teens are on fire, but there's a lot of folks in here who are really wanting more of God. That's this void in our life where we're wanting God. And guess what? Whenever you come to church and when you're reading your Bible and when you're praying and when you're worshiping him, not doing it just out of ritual, but doing it because you want to know him better, we're going to absorb that in because there's that void in our life where there's something that we want that's more. And whenever we do that, then we will have a fullness of life. Don't sell out the blessing that God has for you today because he wants to bless you. Not only that, he wants to bless this church so that not only us and our families, but our entire community around us can change. There is needs in this church. There's needs in my household. There's needs in this community, in this county, in our schools. We have a void there. We have, a, we have different voids in our life, but right now, as the musicians would come, I want to talk about something else here of a different void that we have. If you've never given your life to Christ your life has a void in it and it's in the shape of a cross and you need Jesus as your savior whenever we fill that up that will help us to not take on things that we don't need in our life as the musicians start playing, I want us to all examine ourselves. You know, this church is such an awesome church and I would have to say that the majority of the people in here are saved, have given their lives to him, but there may be one or two that hasn't. If you're one of those one or two, I want you to consider this very seriously that hole that's in your life of filling it with Jesus. If you've fallen away from him. First John 1 9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You just call out to him and ask his forgiveness he will clean you new again and fill up that hole that's in your life as they play if you would stand this week you're going to encounter all kinds of people that have lives that are have holes in them and I pray that the love of Christ that is in us will shine through to them and they could grab a hold of that. We want these holes to be filled. I want the ones that I'm lacking in my life to be filled. Call upon the name of the Lord. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you've never asked Jesus into your life today, I would ask that you would come on down and pray and there'll be people that meet you at the altar. And if you need any prayer for healing, and I know that there are those here that's gonna come forward for prayer today, we're gonna pray together in agreement with you for healing in your body as they play.